make the music first just make whatever you want to make first and worry about what you want to come out first later on just make the tunes first if you make the tunes no matter what your influence is just keep on making them you'll find a sound welcome to making conversation with me grant bryden a podcast about music creativity and careers For this series, I've sat down with a range of artists and creative professionals in order to learn about how their unique experiences and perspectives can help us in our own creative and business practices. For this episode, I spoke to singer, producer and multi-instrumentalist Benji Flo. The day before the release of his debut EP, Benergy, we sat down to reflect on his story so far. The timeless sound that exists on tracks like Deep End and Can't Lose is a product of a musical development that's taken his entire life, from learning classical piano as a kid and playing almost every instrument at church, to recording grime tracks as a teenager and broadening his influences when he went to college. He discusses how these experiences have made their way into his music and live shows, how going against the grain is paying off, and why making music is freedom. What are your first ever musical experiences that you remember in terms of like the first music that you heard that had some sort of effect on you? Do you know what? It was gospel music. I just remember growing up in my house and and my dad was just like, he just used to bang out gospel, Kurt Franklin, Fred Hammond, anything of that sort my dad just used to bang out that music between that and reggae right my dad used to knock out it was so funny because um as like commercial as for a caribbean you would think like bob marley is my dad just used to knock him out and <laughs> used to knock out bob marley used to knock out like gregory isaacs used to knock out like all the super well-known reggae artists so between gospel and reggae they were like my mad early experiences and yeah my grandma it, it just used to be gospel yeah every like my my house my auntie's house my grandma's house it was almost like i just didn't even hear anything else for like the first six years of my life it was just like gospel 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 but yeah that was like the earlier early times i remember man and were you into it because i know obviously sometimes when it's like older people in your family are into it you don't necessarily love it the way they do did you feel like that passion for it yeah i I loved it i remember being young listening to kurt franklin and just thinking like this is amazing like this is crazy i mean we used to go to my auntie's house who used to live in wolverhampton every easter for two weeks and we used to like she plays piano and stuff and we used to just she used to play the songs that Kurt Franklin was playing and I remember this from an early age and I remember just thinking like this is just this is so sick like this is just so sick this is like what like this is I remember just being young like yo this is sick and none of my friends in school used to think that but it didn't really matter because it was like me and my sisters and my cousins used to rock out to it my older cousins and that so it was like a, a family that just loved gospel it was, you know we loved it from the jump yeah man was gospel what got you playing piano or was that because i know you played like classical. yeah but it, that wasn't that actually wasn't by choice that was my parents do, doing 
my parents put me in rhythm class okay. from when I was five. They um, so it was a Saturday school. We had a teacher called Mrs. McNeil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's a lovely lady, man. I hope she's alright. <laughs> Still, um, so we was learning rhythm from when we were when I was five. I started when right. I was five. My sister started when she was seven. So we used to like learn clapping rhythms, and used to be on like the triangle, and we used to test out different rhythms. And that was like the class, and then we used to do like like singing and singing stuff. She went on to learn piano. She came out of the class, and I carried on because I was younger. And then I went on to learn piano from when I was like six or seven, or so. I went to learn to learn classical piano, and I I, don't, I still to this day I don't know why they just they just went that route with right. me. Yeah, but they just said that every all of the kids have to learn an instrument. And I actually don't know why. Maybe because my dad loves music so much, but they were just like every every single one of you <laughs> better better learn something. At the time, did you see a connection between like the music that you were into and the music that you were kind of learning to play, or just the process of learning an instrument? Nah. So when I was learning my instrument, when I was learning the piano, I was learning classical, and I did not like classical at all because it was just to me. At that point, it was so rigid, so rigid. It had like, it had less emotion than all the other genres that I was listening to. If I was like playing classical and learning these uh, scales and learning reading these uh, notes, but then I'm listening to gospel, which just has so much emotion and, and reggae and everything like that, I had no correlation. So I, I kind of fell out with love of playing piano from quite a young age, from when I went to secondary school, because. I just didn't want to be a, a a classical rude boy. This is like that's, that's dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was no correlation when I was young. It was just about learning the instrument. I know you had like an experience in church playing. Yeah, yeah. My How did what happened there? It's my dad, man. Again, it's crazy because my dad, as laid back as he is, he's not that laid back. He's on some like he's just like me. He's just uh, the keyboard player. Didn't turn up. And I remember, do you know, I remember when it was as well, it was the like, it was when Ordinary People came out by uh, John Legend, John Legend, yeah. And I learned that song by ear. That was the first song I learned by ear because I didn't know how to play by ear before that. And my dad heard me play that by ear in my house. And I swear to you, it was like that Sunday, he was like, yep, son, the keyboard player hasn't turned up, so... <laughs> You've got to play the whole church service. I said, bro, this is like two hours of like different keys, different notes, different everything. It was like, yeah, man, just uh, just pick it up where you can and just carry on. I was like, bro, I can't. I've just learned ordinary people in one key. I don't know what I'm doing. And he, this guy, he he was dead serious about making me. He made me play. And when I didn't know the notes or the keys or anything, he just carried on. He didn't care. <laughs> that guy didn't care at all, man. Legendary guy, man. He didn't care at all. But that was like my first experience in there. And then from then, I had always been thrown into madness. And that, that was sick because it just prepared me for like the worst from early. What's your dad's connection to music? Did he play? Oh, yeah. So my dad sings. Right. My, yeah, my dad's a, a shower man singer. Like he's he can... Like he doesn't I don't think he ever sings flat ever. He's like he can sing. He can really, really sing. So he grew up singing. Um him and my aunties were in a band 
together and then like two two years ago or something like that i produced his album right yeah yeah so he's got a gospel album i produced it um as well as like one of his goals that he's always wanted to do is uh have an album out so i just i just produced an album with him it's like my gift back to my dad for all those things that you know he's helped me out with but he's just a love of music if he if he wasn't a pastor or if he wasn't doing advertisement he would just be doing music well he does music now like yesterday he just came home from the session he was singing in the choir for like on the burner boy song or something like that right <laughs> yeah and i just found that funny like look at that man look he's just still out here singing songs he's all learning the the Europe lyrics and everything i was dying it's hilarious man what's his name and what's the name of the album so his name's brian jones and the album's called I can't even remember what it's called. I'll find out the name of it. Right. Yeah, I'll get it to you. What was the first music that you felt like was yours that you were bringing home rather than the music that was already in the house? Do you know how tough that is? Because the music that was being brought in the house was so sick. So my older sister, she got introduced by like George Duke, Herbie Hancock, Yellow Jackets, that whole jazz scene from she was like 11 their music soul child oh like nora jones she was getting introed to that side of music so my auntie used to give her this music i don't even know why my auntie did that because my auntie she's like giving like another 10 11 year old like <laughs> listen to jazz like it's crazy yeah my sister used to come home and she used to be like yo listen listen to this 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 is like listen to george duke this is what i'm listening to right now so i used to listen to that from her and then when it was like time for me to bring in music even now we have like sound clashes because we want to have the best music in the house so my my intro to music was more so like it was a cross between whatever pharrell produced and grime my sisters they didn't listen to grime like that but then i got into dizzy rascal like mad dizzy rascal and skepta i got into them so much so i used to bring home that music when they were bringing home like jazz and whatever and I should just be like yo you gotta listen to Boy in the Corner it's like this is crazy I remember being young like yo this is crazy I remember turning my new era cap to the side like Dizzy like you know what I'm saying like oh this is that was like my intro into the world because we always try and find something different to bring each time we never want to bring the same thing yeah so I remember that being like my intro to like my music that you guys gotta listen to did the rest of the house take to your music the way that you had taken to the stuff they were playing? Now my mum and dad just thought this is just this is what the heck is this? Like yeah, they just did not understand it at all. My older sister understood it because obviously she was kind of of the similar era, and then my younger sister was just too young. But she just used to listen to it anyway because she had no <laughs> she had no choice. So with the grime stuff and 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 everything else. I just used to more so play that in my own room mm. because it's not a, a, a music that you play in that whole house. So when it got to grime and that, that was like my own time when I was exploring music other than gospel and other than jazz and then other than like neo, hardcore, hardcore neo soul. And then I got into grime and it was just in my room. What was it that you loved about Pharrell? Because I saw something that when you were like ten years old, you yeah. wanted to be like him. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like even now, I still, even now, I still do because there's just something about Pharrell that I don't understand how 
he understands how to make a good song all the time and that's kind of like similar to my music where you don't look at Pharrell and, and you, you'd say like Pharrell's got the craziest voice in the world or you don't listen to the production and say you know this is like Quincy Jones production with loads of strings or whatever but you listen to the song and every time you listen to a song that he's either produced or he's he's on you can't help but like love the song and it's like I was so shocked from early on because it was like it was only one of the first people that I used to see produce the music and then be on the songs as well I used to be like yo this guy is incredible and he used to dress so well it's like yo I just want to be like this guy you know what I'm saying it's just that's mad I want to be like this guy definitely outside of like learning the piano what was the first time you started to sort of create music for yourself rather than just learn something that already existed oh okay um just funny it's funny i remember when i was i used to mc when i was in school and i remember having fruity loops when i was like 13 or something like that on my like mom's and dad's computer and i remember i remember like messing around with fruity loops and i made one beat and i remember showing everyone in school i mean i showed everybody i told the whole school and i was like yo you lot got everyone's got a rap it was a rap beat everyone was doing grind but it was like a rap bpm and i was just i was showing all the mcs i was making them freestyle over this beat for every single day <laughs> over school it's like the one beat i made i couldn't even my beats were n- never good again and i was like my intro into like making beats and you even see on my um my year six i got like a what you want to be you know when you get those yeah. school books yeah and i said i wanted to be a producer so i, so I knew from like when i was 10 11 that's what what I wanted to do and that's what I wanted to be so when I got Fruity Loops on like Windows at like 30 that was like my first intro to like making something myself what do you think it was about that side particularly that interested you because I guess it's probably more common that people want to be the MC or yeah, people yeah, want to yeah. be the, the artist yeah. <sighs> Kanye man and Kanye and Pharrell just like and and, and it's a gospel producer called Warren Campbell right so when I was like 10 nine or something my uncle who's also in music as well used to do vocal producing and whatever and he back in the day he had a session with mary mary who's like a proper old school gospel two gospel singers a duo and the producer is a guy called warren campbell and i remember my uncle took me to the studio similar to this and he walked in there and he played every single instrument like every one he picked up the drums he played the drums he picked up the bass played the bass picked up the keys played the keys and I remember being like, nah, man, we've got to be like this. <laughs> I don't care about that. I want to be this guy who just walked around the studio and played, like, every instrument. Even speaking to you now, almost feels destined because these were all, like, signs and things that I was into from such an early age. And now I'm only realising how much it's connected from, like, seeing Warren Campbell at, like, nine to, like, looking up to Pharrell and Kanye and then just like making my first beat all of those things coincide and I've just seen it now it's just like alright I hear that yeah hear God trust me because <laughs> I guess a lot of nine, ten year olds haven't even considered where the music actually comes exactly. from they just hear the music exactly. but they don't they don't know that there's a producer even involved exactly I was exposed to that world from such an early age my family just they're just creatives anyway so the fact that i got exposed to that world i had the option to want to become that person 
and it was like I knew from 10 or 11 I chose to, you know to want to be that guy and it, however long it took it might it might take 10 years 15 years it might take 9 it might take but when you find your love you always somehow go back to that if you love it properly so from that Fruity Loops beat where do you next go in terms of your journey as a producer I wanted to always get the right gear and stuff I remember my computer broke down so I never had anything to like work on for ages and then I remember being like 16 as soon as I came out of school I remember being like I need to get a Saturday job because I need to save up to get a Mac because everyone's got a Mac that I'm seeing so I need to get a Mac I need to get a keyboard I need to get speakers so I remember working from 16 it took me like two years and I saved up all my peas and at like 18 yeah, 18, I got my first Mac, like old school white Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid peas. I got my first Mac at 18, I remember, and a little keyboard, some speakers, and I threw out my bed and got the bunk bed with, like, you know, the little space underneath. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I could put my setup in my room. That was, like, the next step into me producing all my stuff, and that, that was 18. That was shower. When did your instrumental skills start coming into the production and that that talent that you already had for classical piano and mm. stuff like that, when did that start to manifest in the production? From quite early, you know, because I, cause I remember at that point I was started to play, I was playing keyboards in church from my dad, so my ear was getting better and better and better. And then at that point they found a keyboard player that they liked, so they moved me over to drums or something like that and I was playing drums for a while then they got a drummer and they just moved me over to bass and then right. I was just playing bass for a while and then they got a bass guitar player and then I was just moved over to guitar so I had I had always wanted to Im- incorporate my playing in my songs so I just made that a thing from the jump like I gotta get a sound card so it has like a lead so I can put a bass in there and play it so it was like from the jump I wanted instruments in there when you were at church, kind of getting moved around all of these mm-hmm. instruments, had you practiced them before at home? And did you how how good were you yeah. on them before you? Those were the times when I was like absolutely obsessed with instrumentation. So if I had to learn something, I'd spend hours and countless hours. Like my fingers would be sore. Like I used to get blisters from playing the bass guitar for so many hours just to learn scales up and down up and down like i just i was such a neat i used to learn the, i used to switch from each instrument i used to go to church and play the drums along to gospel music just non-stop for the whole my dad used to hate it oh my gosh they used to tell me like man come on man just stop just just take a break as <laughs> so i used to go and go and go so i was obsessed i was, I was absolutely obsessed with playing so luckily i got to a good enough standard where i can play all my instruments to a a quite a decent level when i did this with rags he said that the first recorded sort of thing that he made was was like a mc thing that he did with you yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) is that your first recorded song or had you recorded vocals before no that was my first recorded one as well me and rags like 12 (laughs) recording into a webcam Oh, that was funny, man. At my friend's house on my road. Who cuts my hair now. It's funny. That is how life works. He's a barber now. 
he's doing really well and we recorded in his house and i remember like the back in the day you just have to spit like the craziest bar even if i was 12 so i had never done the things that i said on those bars and i remember rags going first and rags just going nuts he was talking so crazy i just i said i wrote my bars i don't even know man i might talk about rocket launchers i might talk things <laughs> things i never had um or never did but everyone was going so hard on the track i remember yeah that was like the early 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 days me and rags were just like our first first encounter and that was just coming off like the sort of grime that was happening yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah, at the time. And yeah. just, so the, your first kind of journey into vocals was through that or had you been singing and stuff in the church nah, already? Nah, nah. So in in my house, like you got to do one or the other. Like, you either got to be able to sing or you got to play. Even my little cousins who are like seven, six and like eight and stuff like that, they're, they're bad boy singers and, and bad girl singers and... Or they play. The little cousins play drums at six, five years old. You do either one. So I went the instrument route. So I was never singing. So my first intro into vocals was literally when I was emceeing. Right. So it was like those days when I was uh, jumping on Rags' first tune and then emceeing from there. That was like my first intro into the vocal world. And when you were emceeing, were you trying to be an artist or was it more just that thing of that was what kids were doing at that time? I think I was dead serious about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, but because like I was so serious about emceeing I just I I don't know why. But I think that's what everyone was doing. But back in the day everyone was serious about it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even like a it wasn't even like a game. It was really like you're you're an MC, you know, you're trying to put your stuff up on MySpace. You 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 are really trying to become that person so it was like proper serious you can even ask rags back then no one took it as a joke man used to write their bars be so serious about it i don't even know who we thought we was gonna be um but that we took it as like a serious thing you were writing like structured songs it wasn't just sort of side yeah yeah, yeah. so my yeah. that first freestyle that i was on with rags was just a freestyle but i remember being there was something called axe fm back in the day and i remember we formed a crew at Axe FM with like some of my guys and then we had to structure the song. I can remember it like it's yesterday. I remember us all being in the room and being like, okay, cool. You've got an eight bar, you've got an eight bar. Then we've got to go into the chorus because people got to sing the song. Then, then you've got eight bar, then you've got eight bar. Then we've got to sing the chorus again. Then one more eight bar. Then we've got to go to the chorus twice. So you're structuring the songs from, from early. Cause I knew I never wanted to just be an MC that's just freestyling all the way. I wanted to have rhythms that people can sing. When did you start to bring the vocals and the production that you were doing together? Did you MC over any of your own beats? Uh, no, cause I never thought I was that good at which producing. Right. Yeah, I was always a good MC, but I never. When I stopped producing, I always wanted to just produce, but I wasn't. I just I never had equipment to right. do it because obviously my computer broke down and stuff. So I was just emceeing on other people's stuff. And it wasn't until like 18 again when I got my stuff that I was just messing around doing my own vocals. But then again, I didn't rap. Like I was singing on my songs. And it was like completely different music to grime. I have no idea why. So you don't remember how you came to kind of evolve from spit and grime to singing? I think it was a, it was a transition from leaving school. So everybody in school is an MC, right? But then when you start getting into college, 
times you start seeing and speaking to different people where i lived the environment not my household the environment was quite rough so i had to get out i had to get out of the, the environment so i went to a college in edgeware road city of westminster i remember going to college there and everyone was so different it was crazy oh my gosh it was crazy that was the first time i saw like the earring where they put the the hole in the earring and it's like the big right yeah 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 plugs yeah, yeah yeah plugs that's it that's the first time i saw that i said jeez man this is what well, this is crazy. That's the first time i remember seeing that so but they were all exposed to different music so when i started producing i was in a classroom and around people who were listening to so much different music that if you came and just emceed you're not really shower like that in my class so it was like oh i wanted to just do something else a bit more musical step into that realm luckily i got the freedom to do that because i was around those people it probably would have been tough if i was probably just still in like you know the ends just just trying to MC wherever so did you discover new music when you were moved into that environment 100%, as well? yeah college was was a whole nother experience it was just every day i had to be around people who were different some of them listened to no urban music whatsoever so anything that I bring in is completely new to their world. That was a time when I got introduced properly to like folk music, madly, because one of the guys in my class used to play guitar and was amazing, but that's when I delved deep into like folk music, but he only listened to that. So anything that I brought wasn't his world at all. So that's when I got exposed to like mad wider range of music. And that's when I started to really explore like sound and stuff. Cause I wanted them to rate, rate my music as well, you know. MCing is like 140 BPM. You don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. So at that point, when when you were making these songs, were you putting them out at that time? I didn't put them out, but I used to make like silly little things. It was my birthday one year, and I made like a happy birthday song to myself. I was just mad musicals, had mad chords. I put mad harmonies in there, and I just put it. I don't know why. And it the song said, "Thank you for your messages. I just want to thank you." And it just kept going round and round, but in a mad musical way. And everyone was like, yo, this is hard, this is hard. <laughs> I don't even know why I did that. I have no idea why I did that at all. And that's just like going around college, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they, they just used to be like, oh, this is hard. And I just used to make like silly little things and give it to my college friends. and stuff. Just then it was just fun playing around, being free. And they, they, they never judged because we all came from different backgrounds so it was so free and it was so cool man it was so open it's an amazing experience were you studying music yeah, yeah music technology i was studying i can tell you from the years learning music technology in college and learning music technology in university i've learned nothing about music technology at all <laughs> i've learned more through experiences than i had during the studying times yeah but it still was the best periods of my life. So what did you do to take it from that level of just like playing around and having fun and being free to sort of elevate that to the next level to take it more seriously? When I left university, I saved all my money from uni because every time at the term ends, I used to go back to Asda when I was when I was working and, and work and then save my money. And then I saved my money in university and then I built a studio right when I finished university with me and my cousin because I said every producer has an office 
it's just like you know how everybody goes to work and they have an office that they have a work from at that point no one was working from home so i was like no nah, i need a place to work from so i built that studio the moment i built that studio i was like nah, I'm, that's it we're taking yeah we're taking this all the way to the top all the way to the top and that was from that point on we just kept going for a while you were producing for other artists yeah, right yeah, yeah how did you start to get some placements and who were you producing for it was tough man producing for other people was just tough bro because music was just not so accessible back then or it wasn't so it wasn't so exposed to so many different sounds so in the uk what you heard on the radio was just like what you had to make but my music has always been a bit too musical for people or like for some reason they would just always want to put me with the rap acts and i just didn't want to always make rap tunes i wanted to make melodies so the journey of producing for other people was tough that's always one thing i want to say to people is like you know don't think that you're not good if you don't always get the placements or you don't always get the cuts it might not just be right for those people or it might not actually just be the time just keep going and it will connect it will connect where it needs to connect and that was the thing that i thought was tough for me because i actually for all that period of time when i was producing i just used to be so disheartened because it was like yo am i just not good because like you know i want to produce a ballad for like some of these sounds like adele but then every time i would approach these people to say i want to work with someone they would go on my, my socials or whatever and say oh yeah we got this rapper for you you know what i'm saying and it's like, I, I don't want to i didn't want to do that but then i had to, to to get in the door i had to go and do some of the stuff that you know you have to do to get into the door so i just used to grind i'd, I'd get as much sessions as i could and then you know earlier on me and ace keys did some stuff with abelino did like his first record i think it was at like money over everything we did like early stuff with luik essien and wretch had a song together and then and then just did a few other people and it wasn't until like i linked rags that we got real musical like properly but yeah that was it was producing for other artists was was tough man it was hard real real hard just never used to work out <laughs> they used to be like oh, yeah this is cool but let's just try like have you heard this song let's just try and make something like, all right cool man what do you think kept you though on the path that you're on rather than just taking the kind of easier route and because i'm sure you could produce that stuff and you yeah, could yeah. just went down that 100 what was it that kept you where you are and like on that road everyone else around me because i had like musical friends they can tell when like it's actually rubbish you know what i'm saying it's like ah uh, we know what you're trying to do but like you know this isn't really the sound that you should go for so i always wanted to impress them first the musical people and musical people around me was the ones that i wanted to impress so no matter what i did as long as they liked it i knew like yo i can you know let's let me keep going let me keep carrying on because to be honest if, if i was by myself it would have been even way even harder it was a lucky thing i i, I linked rags because he was like he looked like me he spoke like me but then we listened to the exact same music and he was one of the first people that you know we both bounced off each other no matter how crazy the ideas were and that was one of the things that kept us both going because obviously you've already recorded with him right at the start yeah. how did you come back together that's a mad story because we, we we didn't 
we didn't link link up with each other for years years and years but we grew up in the same area we know the same people everything is just the same so even now like we're not even like musical friends like that we're, just, we're like friends friends we're yeah. musical friends as well but we're friends friends so our convos can be about things that happen you know in 2000 and philippine whenever about north london and we we know exactly what we're saying we don't have to say who or what or where because we were both in those situations at the same time so linking up with rags he just saw me in north london somewhere and he was just like yo you still making music i was like yeah man he's like all right man i'm gonna come to your studio <laughs> this guy came to my studio i'll never forget man came to my studio he walked in the room he was like oh okay this is a, it's a studio studio he's like oh you're, you're trying to take it seriously and i was thinking is this guy walking in my studio like this on this rudeness and i remember he played his beats and everything that he was working on it was sounding sick man and then i played mine and he was like yeah man this is this is this is cool but man you need some new drums man and i'm just looking at this guy like bro what this guy really speaking to me like i haven't seen this guy in years and you really have the audacity to tell me that i need to change my drums I was thinking, nah, this is the, this guy is rude, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna come back tomorrow. I'm gonna give you my whole hard drive of drums. You know, just take every single drum that I have, man, and just try and make some new beats." <laughs> I was just like, like, you know, I don't know if I want to speak to this guy again in my life, but this guy came. He kept coming to my studio, and he kept calling me, and he this guy he, he was so persistent. I was just like, yeah, I I can't really get away from this guy at all so we just had a relationship from there that was so transparent in what we was doing that if it was good it was good if it was bad we would say i would say to rags oh this bro this is trash don't even try and put this out this is terrible so we always had that relationship so it was from that moment that he came to the studio that we just you know started vibes and going back and forth and beats and then working together any session that he had he would call me any session i would have i would call him that was like the start because then obviously you worked on nature right and yeah 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 obviously co-produced deep end yeah yeah, yeah. The, was that kind of all around the same time that you were working on that stuff no nah, so we worked on nature first and rag he used to so he would like make a song and then like you drive to where i am and then you just play the song in the car like all the time or he would send me what he would be working on and we would just go back and forth from there he's like my musical like part one it's like you know we send music back and forth so much that you know we should change this the structure should be so i was i was there throughout the whole process of nature even when nature didn't sound like it was then i was back and forth on that whole process and you know and then i worked on a couple songs on there i think it's endless endless i worked on that one as well so that was that was me working on his project and then when it came to like deep end that was just another it's it, but it's all natural it's all like nothing that's forced some days we don't send music at all and then other days we send music all the time for a whole period of time but it's just so natural that it doesn't feel like it's work work like that it just feels like you know we just made a rhythm we're just sending you the tune to hear your thoughts so yeah that was me working on rags's project and then the whole ep or <coughs> most of it you made around the same time yeah. right yeah yeah so this EP that's coming out was most of the songs, to bar the last song, was made all around that period. 
like when you listen to the EP or even when you listen to my music this year, it's more so the expression of being free. I don't have to put myself into one bracket of sound because there's no expectation. I was nobody before the tunes came out and I'm like, there's no difference to when the the music comes out. I'm just a lover of music. So this year is like the year of just exploring. So that EP was all made during that time and obviously Rags in on that process as well. I think it's been interesting because we're in this era of like such excess Mm. whereas you've had this little set of tunes that you've like slowly (laughs) dripped out over two years and have had like real success in that. What what made you want to do it that way rather than feeling like you had to sort of keep up with everyone else and just put loads of stuff out? Oh, okay. Do you know what it is? It's, It's just like... It's this thing of longevity. I'm not chasing to be somebody who just has like 15 bangers in a year and whatever and just like knock it out and have like, you know, all the clubs singing my song all the time. It's like, I want to make different types of music. I want to make music that you can, you know, lay down and listen to in your headphones, relaxing. I want to make music that... you can love your missus too. I want to make music that you can also dance to and groove to. So in that, you have to take your time to let people into your world. People are not going to understand your world like from the jump. You just keep feeding them. You keep feeding the music so early on. They're not going to understand like where you come from because they're going to always expect, always they're going to expect music. But when they take in uh you know a piece of music for what it is for a period of time they get to understand that music and they get to take in the next song at a good time and they take get to take the next song of music at a good time and i think it's good because we're we're so fast with listening to music it's two weeks and you're on to the next song you know what i'm saying but if i can give you music where you can you have to listen to that song because you've only got that song to listen to for a period of time it lets you into my world a little bit more with ease and that was kind of my thought process yeah. around it yeah there's all there's going to be a time where i might knock out like 10 15 songs at one time or whatever but because it's my intro into the world practically in these these two years i want people to understand who i am as a musician and uh, just to have like the freedom to explore like i'm exploring yeah sounds, yeah the like Pharrell reference at the start made sense to me in that you can listen to like a song Pharrell produced from the early 2000s yeah, yeah. but it still sounds brand new yeah, like yeah. Th- it hasn't aged oh, and I man. feel like with your songs you're about to put them out tomorrow but they've been around for two oh, years oh 100% yeah they still sound brand new how do you ensure that that stays within the music though do you know how I ensure that it stays within the music is not trying to make the music that is currently happening. And when you try and do that, that's when you put a date on the timestamp of the sound that the music is within. So, like, when I listen to Pharrell music and I listen to Fronting, it's, uh, you can't put a timestamp on that. If you brought it out today, it's still a banger. Mm. But out 10 years ago is still a banger because he's not a guy that just listens to what's happening like right that second and say I'm going to bring out a song exactly like that person or whatever so I try to make the music that I just love and that way 
I can ensure that if I love it today, I should love it in 10 years, hopefully, you know what I'm saying? We'll see. And I should love it in five years. And it's, it's something that Pharrell's done. And it's also something that like, um, someone like someone huge like Michael Jackson has done. Yeah. It's always in the songs. It's always in like the musicality in, in, in the songs that you listen to. It's never like time stamped per se. It's always in the songs. How's it been for you having that music and then getting to witness people experiencing it two years down the line for the first time when you perform it yeah, live? That is just, it's just nuts. I think it's just crazy. No matter how small the crowd is or no matter how humongous the crowd is, when you see people singing back to your songs, I always get like a, I swear I'm nearly almost surprised all the time. Like even if they've come for me, it's like, oh, you know the songs? Because I, I came from a world where it was like, you know, you're like, ah, oh, cool, man. If five people hear it, they hear it. When the whole room singing back your songs, you're like, bro, did I really do this? <laughs> did I really, you know, make this happen where people are singing the words right back to me and having the same emotion that I feel? It's like, yo, this is crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. With your shows, you can go in any mood and then you'll have a good time yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a sort of safe space yeah, yeah, for like yeah, a good yeah yeah a good vibe how did you develop that so early because i feel like it often takes people a bit of a while to get into oh, okay. having a good live show do you know what it is my my family again so i was always playing bass at church or playing drums at bass at church or whatever my dad was always singing if you see my dad sing now you you would he's just like me the way he jumps around left and right he's just like he's exactly like me so I always used to watch my dad, because my dad always used to say the laughing is so important. And I remember always used to drilling that in my head. So I used to be like, you know, if I'm going to come out and I do anything live, I have to set the standard for how I want people to see me. And I always wanted the mix between what an MC would do, because I just loved the, the, the MC culture so much, how they would wheel up tunes, the energy of that tunes, versus the musicality of like real musicians because i used to love stevie wonder i love going to see like tame impala now you know music like that but what's like tame impala with a certain wheel up you know when the tune gets selenk you know what i'm saying that's cold because you get to wheel up the tune and that emotion of wheeling it up again is that's how i wanted my shows to be so like when i did the boiler room energy i told them yo i have to get two keyboards Right. They're here. So when you see it, it's not by chance. It's yo, I need two keyboards there and I have to have them facing, you know, each other so I can play both on a musical one. But I want everybody to be going crazy just as much as they would if an MC was to go on stage and tear up the mic, you know what I'm saying? So I knew from early that was a thing that I wanted to do. The energy and the musicality at the same time. It's like a freedom. Yeah, because I've seen you do like a wheel up with a full live band. 100%. <laughs> 100%. I do wheel it. And it's that feeling. You get like, who wheels up a, a song with a, with a live band? They do that in reggae. And that's probably where, that's think, I think that's where it stemmed from. So they do that in reggae in Jamaica. And it's, it's sick. And it's like, you know, the world has to hear it. Because there's so much freedom in that. There's so much. You, know, you feel that expression when you get to that chorus. Like, let's do it again let's go back you know what i'm saying so that that was 
we're gonna we're gonna go all the way to we're gonna go to stadiums and we're gonna be wheeling up you know rhythms in the stadium telling the whole stadium let's go again let's go again you know it feels like there's not like a geographical limitation to the music either you're taking influence from everywhere yeah is that something that was important to you 100 <sighs> percent. there man it's tough at the same time though because there's there's actually so many influences if you listen to, to so many different genres and i'd make it a thing to listen to as much music that i can so my influences are so wide that it's like you know how can you not put this nylon guitar in your song when Nora Jones did it in 2005 you know what I'm saying and it's like you know the world has to hear it I think it's kind of my duty to do that because the world is so different now that it's so hard for someone to be relatable as a person and then be able to expose people to music wider than what they would listen to so I kind of feel like it's like a duty to me to put so much influences in my music some things you might like listening to but it mm. might not be the right thing for you to make yeah. how do you choose what does make it as an influence into the music and what kind of is something that you should just enjoy and not yeah. necessarily bring yeah. in do you know what I always find and I always give the advices to people to just make the music first just make whatever you want to make first and worry about what you want to come out first later on just right. make the tunes first if you make the tunes no matter what your influence is just keep on making them you'll find a sound it'll be noticeable because we all have a style we all have we all have our hair a certain way and then we change it after a certain years we all have we all wear certain trainers that we love that we put on every day we might have loads of trainers but we put the same trainers on every day you know what i'm saying or we might have a certain t-shirt that we love we form our style as we grow. So I always tell people, just make the music. Just make the tunes. Make whatever you want. Just make loads of whatever you want. And then we'll figure out the rest after. Because you, you'll see that there'll be some cohesiveness into what you do. No matter if it's rock. You might hear rock and then I've got like a guitar in there that is like not a rock sound. And then you'll know that's Benji because that's something that I do in my music, yeah. So it's just making music, just make the tunes and you'll find it, you'll find yourself. What is it about the set of songs that you're putting out tomorrow that made them ones that need to go out rather than things that you made that maybe don't make it? Do you know what it is? It's how I want to intro myself into the world. So I've got Deep End, which we all heard. I've got Can't Lose, which is like my MC sort of, song you know what i'm saying and i've got somebody which is like you know that's got the latin spanish you know influences and then i've got jolene which is like kind of in like south africa realm or whatever then you'll hear wonder girl which is on the ep that is just like my african influence and that's just got that rhythm um over there over like trumpets and trombones that's just lovely and then i've got my last song broken parts it's like my stevie wonder song there's no drum kit on there it's all percussion it's all bass line, it's all chords and it's all harmonies. And I think that I've done it like that because now when you listen to the EP and you go forth and you listen to more music of me, at least my reference points are five different sounds all boxed up in one. You know now you're not going to be shocked when you hear something, you know, different from me because you've just heard a whole EP 
of different sounds will all sound like me but different what's the most difficult thing that you've had to overcome throughout this process so far and how did you achieve that in in all honesty as a human i don't even think i've achieved what i'm about to say yet i think i'm still growing and learning i, I have like a thing where i actually don't think that i'm that deep i don't know if i'm good or not i'm just making the music and it's not perfect and i'm just getting it to a standard and then i put it out and I still have like a certain anxiety of like hoping the world will like it because it might not be good or it might be good and it's not something that you just start making music and you bring it out and then you just think you're the coldest it's you still get those feelings and you still get those worries and that's just something that you either have to try and overcome over the years or get by I don't have the advice yet because I'm still living through it what are you most proud of about what you've achieved so far? Do you know what I'm most proud of? I'm most proud of that, the fact that I got to make music, yeah? It's what I love doing and I got, it sounds so cliche, but like I got my mum and dad a, a, a holiday from it. It's crazy. I got them a holiday from uh, to Jamaica last year. That's my most proud moment. It's the fact that the music has made me do the things for people that I love. When you do something that you love and you and you're able to do some things for other people that you love via the thing that you love it's the best thing ever how have they been about because obviously they've encouraged you in in music since yeah, yeah. since so early yeah uh, what have they kind of been like in oh reaction to the music they're like they're man they're my mom and dad they're they're neeks that's i catch my dad listening to my music on the sly like every day and then like my mom my mom came my mom and dad came to my live show they recorded the whole show on the phone like with their hand up on the phone and my mom listens to it on her break every day on her break from work on her headphones i'm like yo guys you know <laughs> you don't have to do this it's cool you heard the rhythms where my dad sings Jolene and all these other songs in the house every day. It's like, yo, they are like top five fans to do this. And it is the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. It makes you want to keep going harder so that they can enjoy more and they can be more proud and more happy and sing the songs as well. And lastly, what does success look like to you? I think we're all successful. I think everyone's been successful. I don't think that there's a definitive thing i don't think there's one thing that you can call success you can't say that this person's got success and this person hasn't got success because your success can be as small as you saying that you're gonna eat one less biscuit a day you know you're a successful person and then as big as you know you want to be the president of the world or the prime minister of the world so success doesn't have any limitation and it has no boundaries it's just the idea of saying that you want to do something and doing it. And I think that is success. Thank you for listening to Making Conversation with Grant Bryden featuring Benji Flow. If you like this episode, then please be sure to rate, comment and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can find Benji Flow on socials and listen to his Benergy EP available on all streaming services now. You can find me on social media at Grant Bryden. Thank you to Levi's House of Strauss, where this episode of Making Conversation was recorded.